0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Uh, it's going to be a fun show today. NFL football is back, baby. Yeah. Packers and Bears tonight. So. Mm. The wait is over, and I always think of. I always think of non-football season like this. And I love baseball. I love the Rangers. I love the Mavericks. I've Been fans of them my whole lives, uh, my whole life. But um, for me, the end of football season represents such a tragic time. Uh, not having Cowboys football. First of all, the Cowboys season ending, and then a few like a month later, football season ending. Cowboys typically don't go too far in the playoffs. Hopefully that changes. sir. But it's the end of fantasy football, and it's the end of football, and it just sucks. And so all the other sports have to do is just get us there. You know, the Rangers just stay relevant just long enough. Mavericks, come on, do your job. I mean, there's, there's just – if we could just get enough other things happening, uh, just – I don't know, just to stem the tide. I guess the Mavericks don't come into that as much, but – uh, and I feel like when, the, when we finally get back to the beginning of football season, we've done it. We've arrived.
2: I, I love the, the fall for a jillion different reasons. Now, obviously, with the NBA being my favorite sport, I don't have quite the letdown after football season that most people do. But I, the fall is far and away my favorite time of year. One is uh, 10 years ago, the weather would start to change. Now it doesn't happen until late November. But uh, I love football. I love having college football on Saturdays, pro football on Sundays. I love Thursday nights with pro football. Heck, there's even great college football on Thursday nights, too. And then as an NBA fan, I love getting ramped up for the NBA season. I feel like the Mavs will be really good this year. And I love fall golf. So for all of those reasons, this is far and away my favorite time of the year, Ben. I way prefer it to spring. I just love everything about fall. I love the football season, and I would love it if you guys would get your weekend started early lunch-style. Like a lot of people really party hard on Thursday nights. There's no reason for you not to pregame at lunch and join us in Addison. Lunch is always delicious at Pluckers. We have a lot of Tolos here right off the tollway, central tollway area. Get on out here. Join us for lunch. Let's get our grub on and let's get ready for a kick-ass NFL season because I have not been this optimistic for Dallas Cowboys football since that uh, Wade Phillips team with Romo and DeMarcus Ware and Jay Ratliff and that whole gang. I felt like that team could win a Super Bowl. I feel like this team can win a Super Bowl.
3: Every Thursday morning I start to get the vibe, hey, the weekend's here. you know. And I think uh-huh. there's a lot of people at work right now listening probably going, man, Pluckers lunch in Addison. Hell yeah. That sounds great. Maybe I'll sneak a drink in with one of their cold beers. Hell yeah. Hey, guess what, guys? It's not 101 degrees in here at Pluckers like nope. it is outside. Yep, It's a good solid 72 most likely, maybe a little less than that. Okay, nice climate, and then you're leading up to the night, and there's football tonight for the 100th. NFL season oh, ever. Oh. In the first quarter, the Bears take the ball down to the Packers 26 oh. and will line up for a 43-yard field goal with <laughs> Eddie Pinheiro. <laughs> and he's going to doink it. He's going to go doink off the left, upright. That's not a doink. Then, That's a dong. If that happens, you're going to go, my was God, A doink. That was a doink. gets a shot on Sunday. And you're thinking about the, the Cowboys and Giants and the good college football. The weekend is here. Come hang out and have lunch with us. I'm excited. Yeah.
2: We, we really need, uh, just as Cowboy fans, that want to generate momentum. I know everybody's gone on all these various websites, whether it's ESPN or the NFL or 538 or whatever, and they see, hey, the Bears, boy, are they a team to be. We like the Eagles and the Bears ahead of the Cowboys. I'd love to see the Bears go in there and spit the bit and have Aaron Rodgers dance on their heads tonight. I used to awesome. love the 85 you know the Bears, dude. I,
1: I've, I yep. did too, me. Uh, the thing uh, that I've noticed the most in terms of what the local media thinks and what the national media thinks and where they're apart is I don't feel like the national media has a ton of respect for the Cowboys, mm-hmm. for the Cowboys defense or for Dak. I feel like and I and I, I feel like they feel like, okay, defense middle of the road, Dak middle of the road, Cowboys chances maybe a little bit above middle of the road. But I don't think anyone out there nationally is sitting there saying, Yep, Cowboys are a contender. They're saying, Okay, yeah, they're one of the they're one of the good teams in the NFC but nobody's spending a lot of time. I feel like most people think the Eagles are going to be better than the Cowboys. I think most people feel like the Eagles will be better than the
2: Cowboys, but I do think the majority of that, bin is Dak-related. I think the defense has a healthy respect out there. I think locally we think it's probably better than national, but, you know, in most of these defensive projections you see them, I, mean, I think the Cowboys ended up sixth or seventh last year, but I, you're, I think you're dead on about the Dak thing. I mean, we always have these wherever we go. Like if you're at Pluckers right now, they have uh, – what is this show called? Get yelled at. Um, and right now, what does Zeke's deal mean for Dak Prescott? And there's people right now yelling that Dak sucks. And that's just the, the nature of the game. But I really think that after a month of the season, or maybe even two or three weeks of the season, the national chatter for the Cowboys is really going to heat up. I firmly believe that.
3: I think uh, I looked at a couple – Outlets. One was 538, who's actually a political website, but they do. Pr- they're just a polling website. They're, they're, a polling an, website. they're an analytics yeah, an website. And they had they the Eagles with a higher chance to make the playoffs, go to the Super Bowl, than and the, the Cowboys. And the Bears. Uh, a, a Monday morning quarterback polled like 12 of their riders, and a lot of them had the Eagles going a little farther than the Cowboys and things like that. But I think there's also like a bigger question of like Carson Wentz's health, um, which I think is very interesting. One thing that I thought Broaddus said when he was on with Sean and RJ a couple hours ago, was he said the Zeke deal is good for the quarterback, it's good for the offensive line, good for the tight end, it's good for the wide receivers, it's good for the coaching staff. Yeah. So that's the one thing I think we can all agree on, that, hey, it kind of makes everyone better, so let's just kind of move on.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you. I think that's fantastic, especially when you realize the Cowboys are going for it in this window that they're in right now. Uh, we're going to get into some conversation about the Cowboys defense and whether or not they can be elite. Uh, you're right. Last year's skin in, in yards allowed, they were seventh best in total points. They were sixth best. Not bad, but this is pretty crazy. And we'll get into this, this uh, article in The Athletic that uh, we'll talk about. But do you guys know what the Cowboys were, their defense was on third down in terms of getting off the field and getting stops? Uh, so, like percentage of finishing the drive, I like guess third down defense
3: seventy percent.
1: Well, no, no. Where are they no. ranked in the league?
3: Oh, they. Oh, uh, I they're bet they're twenty seventh. Really? Twenty wow.
1: seventh. So they were one of the worst defenses in the league on third down. Wow. They were a good defense in terms of not allowing explosive plays. They were a good defense and not allowing a lot of points, obviously, and not yeah. allowing a lot of yards. But they struggled on third down. They also are a team, this is a fascinating article by our buddy Bob in The Athletic, is uh, how rarely the Cowboys blitz um, <laughs> in, in terms of uh, how often they blitz. Overall, they blitz. Uh, bottom five. Uh, they are 25th in the NFL, okay. so bottom seven, right? Yeah. Uh, in terms of blitzing on first down, 22nd in the league. None of that surprises in me. Second, on second down, no one blitzes less often than the cowboys <laughs> they they are the least blitzing team in the nfl on second down on third down okay they move up a little bit they're 14th so they're roughly yeah. middle of the pack right in there and then on third and 7 or more yeah they're 14th they i mean they they they're not going to blitz unless it's third down
2: i would thought third and 7 were more every team in the league would uni- unanimously blitz every single time i like why are we even debating this you make that quarterback get rid of the ball in one or two seconds, Anytime it's third and seven or long. And if you
3: don't, you're just farting around. You know, I also think the defensive play caller, Richard, a defensive backs type of guy, guy who played defensive back in the NFL in college, you know, might be going, hey, my guys can cover. We're good. But then just, I don't know the rates for when Rod was calling plays, what the blitz rate was. And Rod's ready how much for it's, you. How much it's changed. The one thing I know that's changed a lot is they do play more cover three than cover two, which brings the safety down, and you have kind of the one – Roving free safety. I think that's interesting, though. Uh, you know the, the play calling change that happened last year and where that's going. Well, let's see it manifest this year. As Rashard said, we self scout. We look at all the things we do after each game. We watch what we did. What have we called? Do we call, or are we showing tendencies and things like that? And I think that that was very interesting. I mean, I think every coach probably does that, but. You know, what if he's like, man, we didn't blitz enough and we weren't getting off the field. Maybe we'll be the seventh most blitzing team on third down.
2: All right, let's do this. We're going to get into that defense at noon, but I I do want to hit this. We're not going to – we're going to finally put this to bed. But the Zeke numbers came out yesterday uh, via various people. First one I saw had it was Todd Archer. Archer was all over this. He's done a great job. But, uh, you know, looking at it, different people have different opinions on it. My first reaction before I saw the breakdown of it was that it was a a five-year deal. Uh, A lot of people had the reaction that it was a four-year deal. But uh, if you look at the numbers, one of the things that uh, I think is very evident is that after the 2022 season, if Ezekiel Elliott has not slowed down, let me just go ahead and guarantee you that if he's kicking ass still at that age, he will hold out. After four years, he will hold out. And I'm a 1,000% convinced of that. That's if he is still... Producing at a crazy high
1: level four years from now. Right, and you know what? I don't have a problem with it. Honestly, this idea of, hey, players sign a contract, they got to honor their contract. Dude, the minute Lyle Collins signed his deal, everyone started talking about, okay, they can cut Tyron Smith. Tyron Smith gave the Cowboys a a team-friendly deal. It's like it works both ways. There's no loyalty from the team, and there shouldn't be loyalty from the players. They should get everything they can, and if they've got the leverage – Use it, get what you deserve. If you don't have the leverage, well, the team will part ways with you.
2: Yeah, and it'll be—it's a different scenario for the for running backs later in their lives. Obviously, um, one thing I heard yesterday that was really surprising to me because once I saw these numbers, I was like, "What well, we had talked about." Zeke clearly won. He got his money uh, and got more money than he would get over the next two years. Waiting to see what the Cowboys do. Ben pointed out yesterday at the top of the show the best point I heard: the fans clearly won the most. But as these numbers came out, I was like, man, the Cowboys clearly won their aspect of it. And somebody that I trust a thousand percent said the Cowboys didn't feel like they won the deal. And that really, really surprised me because from the outside looking in, I was like, man, this is great for them. And I think it kind of goes back to that conversation we've had a million times about the value Mm -hmm. of a running back, how teams are valuing the running back. And I was thinking about that. Why would the Cowboys feel that way? And the, probably the reason they feel that way is because they still have to sign Amari Cooper sure. and Dak Prescott. And when you and I'm sure in their mind they wanted to pay Zeke less, but Zeke held his ground, got his money, and so the Cowboys had to pay him more than they envisioned him paying, even though from the outside looking in we all think, hey, this makes a hell of a lot of sense. So there are so many moving parts, and it does go down to that original Stephen Jones comment from months ago. They've earmarked money for certain guys. And I think that the Cowboys probably exceeded the money that they earmarked.
1: Yeah, agreed. And uh, wh- you know, I said this the other day that I, they'd agreed uh, in principle, and that there would be a press conference. And I think what happened is they weren't. They thought they would get a deal done that night, and they didn't. They didn't get it done till whatever the next morning at six a.m. or whatever it was. Right. And then with the press conference, I don't think that there's. There were certain people involved on both sides that didn't know that Stephen and Jerry were at the stock exchange.
3: That's amazing, ringing
1: the bell, huh. and so planning the press conference at that point. And then yesterday, Zeke talked to the media so much. I was wondering if there's not going to be a. I think there still will be a press conference at some point today. Oh, think, for Zeke, I think so. Okay, but I but I I'd written it off but at this point. But, but at the same time, uh, it's it's one of those things like. These are these are fluid. It's it's very much like uh, when KT found out that Zeke had a flight booked. Mm-hmm. Yes, he had a flight booked. Now he changed it. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it was the same thing as, uh, you know, getting the information on the press conference. I had two sources from two different places confirm that there was going to be a press conference yesterday. And then there wasn't because things changed things and evolved. Change. And, yeah. and I still don't know how that's going to play out today. So we'll be monitoring, not monitoring, but, yes, monitoring this. I do know this, that uh, when Zeke was talking about the Jerry – comment about him saying Ziku, he wasn't laughing about it. He said, hey, that's in the past. Let's move on. So if he gets grilled about that, a lot of it will be fun to see how he answers that. Mm-hmm. He did a good job, but I, I could tell it bothered him. Anyways, coming up next, let's get into some Jerry Jones audio. Jerry Jones weighed in on the biggest issues in the league, and it was awesome. We've got some audio for you. You don't want to miss this next on 105.3 The Fan, live from Pluckers and Addison. All right, thank you, Shippy. Ben and Skin Show 105.3 The Fan.
2: We're here at Pluckers and Addison getting ready uh, ready for a rowdy, raucous lunch crowd we want you to make Thursday lunch at Pluckers your thing. Addison location today, delicious food. And, of course, we have uh, a little NFL football kicking off tonight. Pluckers is a great place to watch those games as well. Kicking it in the bar, it's a great sports bar. Or you can come with the fam and sit on the restaurant side. Both of those work just swimmingly. Uh, Jason Garrett coming up at the bottom of the hour. David Helman will launch the 11 o'clock hour. Uh, Jerry Jones was in the financial district in Wall Street yesterday. We talked about him ringing the bell with Steven. Yahoo Finance pulled Jerry aside and interviewed him, and we've got some really interesting clips to go through here, guys. And let's start off with the question being, what is the current status of the NFL and what he thinks viewership is going to look like? And this is really interesting because we've talked about changing platforms, the audiences, are they moving all to – You know, are they more into gaming, some of these kinds of things? Listen to what Jerry has to say about viewership this year.
4: This is the best I've ever seen it uh, in presenting the NFL or presenting sports. Uh, Right now, all television has had a diminished viewership. The NFL has disproportionately not had that kind of drop-off. And so our television is actually stronger than it has ever been. That will serve us well when we're renegotiating our agreements with all the networks. In addition, you've got a a real additional fragmentation of how our games are seen. Uh, We want to be the best you can be. We we know we have the most interesting product. It's usually uh, seven or eight of the top ten programs watched in this country all year for NFL games. We want to take advantage of that and can. It's the free, it's the availability of our game that has increased the interest in this game over the years.
1: Okay, that's interesting. The availability of the game that has increased the interest. I thought earlier when he was talking about there's fragmentation in their viewership or the way, I can't remember exactly how he worded it, I thought he was saying, hey, we're spread a little too thin. And then he said, no, that's been what's helped them grow. So I'm interested in that. Uh, I, do, I can tell you from selling advertising for many years and staying in touch with my friends over there in that industry that it was the case back when I sold it. And it still is the case that um, live sports is the one thing that is defying the DVR like live sports um, is one of the primary things that people want to watch uh, live. They want to watch sports live and they want to have uh, um, a third uh, secondary screen interaction. In other words, you don't want to miss out on something that's happening that's massive in pop culture. You want to be involved in the conversation so you don't want to see it late because if you're watching it on delay, then your tweets and your you know Facebook posts or your Instagram posts, whatever, aren't as timely. And yeah. so you're not engaged or involved in the conversation. So live sports, the, the ratings are still through the roof because it's something that people absolutely have to watch live.
2: And to your point, Ben, like there's been times where there's been something event-oriented – that interfered with the Cowboy game. I just have to stay off social media until I can get home and watch the Cowboy game so it can be like a, a watching live experience for me because that's the way that I want to enjoy it. I always want to enjoy it in real time when it's happening, but if I can't, I sort of sequester myself from the world until I can.
3: They've got it figured out to a T, though, where they try to get, hey, the Sunday night game has turned into the highlight marquee game of the week. But they try to piece together with the schedule, and they've created flex scheduling to still keep that, appointment viewing for a Mahomes game or a whatever, you know, our a Cowboy game or something big, but I do think there's a, a fascinating thing that they've done and it's a little equivalent to March Madness where no one cares about college basketball at all until the tournament happens and every game's happening at once. And college football has a little bit of this going, but the fact that they've got this down to a T, where you're going to have eight noon games, you're going to have four three o'clock games, and it's all happening at one time, it just creates the curiosity and excitement because there's still, while you're still seeing everything with red zone and whatever, there's still just a little bit of fear of missing out at all times yeah. in the NFL with all the games happening at once.
1: Yeah, and I think the um, the rise of fantasy football has been huge for the NFL product. And I think it's probably going to go into another stratosphere again with legalized gambling. Absolutely. And so they're king of the mountain now. Mm-hmm. Affected by the drop-off in television ratings and people watching in different mediums and They're unaffected by any of that, or at least not affected as anybody else, and they're about to get another boost once everybody's allowed to bet.
2: Yeah, and Ben, I would also say that if you listen to Jerry's answer, he's basically thwarting all the people from the political realm that were trying to politicize ratings because he's saying, no, 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 no. All of ratings and television were dropping. Ours barely were. Right. And so if you're misrepresenting this information to a group of people, you're not doing them a service because it's a lie. If you look at our product, our product is stronger than it's ever been. And here's a guy that's 77 or however old Jerry is going, I'm ecstatic about all these new platforms. I'm not scared of the new frontier. We're getting stronger. And you can see that by what you mentioned, fantasy football. You can see it by – uh, the way these different different ways to consume the game, it's emboldening them. It is not weakening them. So yeah. don't fall prey to that BS.
1: Yeah, and I want to I talk about the, you know, uh, again, I go back to the advertising. And, I, and you're gonna, if you're an advertiser, you want to spend your money in something where people aren't going to skim through the commercials. And I talked about this yesterday. I was on social media, social media, trying to find out uh, a remedy here. Uh, we started watching Yellowstone, mm-hmm. which I can't even tell you what network it's on. I think it's Paramount or something. But my wife uh, would get, order it on demand on DirecTV. Well, if you order it, that, and think about all the different ways you can consume television now. Right. Well, when you when you want to binge watch a show, you watch it on Netflix or whatever, wherever you watch it you're going to skim through the commercials, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well, they have it set up to where if you order on demand, you cannot skim through the commercials. And it's not a bunch of cool commercials. It's the same crap. It's, it's Paramount commercials. It's, it's uh, Teen Moms. It's uh, The Hills. So it's all their shows. Show, yeah. Basketball Wives. And it's the same every single commercial break like i've i've memorized those commercials Mm -hmm. and so i asked on social media and they were like oh you can go to uh, amazon prime and just buy a series a season for 25 bucks a season but it's like i want to do that right but it and and complaining about that and jody dean was like hey why are you complaining you live in a you you provide for your family by running commercials i'm like yeah that's right but they're always different commercials yeah and you know the deal you're getting yeah but you're taking away our ability to fast forward and so for advertisers To be able to be in something that people have to watch live, it's very much like me being held prisoner to have to watch Yellowstone commercials. And so that's the the whole purpose of why it's great that their television ratings are, are still so high because it's the only thing people watch live.
2: And I also think, to your point, Ben, I think eventually they're going to move back to the old model where things are sponsored and people are getting things through content subscriptions. We never got into the Disney story. Disney owns ESPN, and then Disney bought Fox. And then Fox took the money that Disney paid them and invested in gambling. Oh. So just just understand where this is going. We can sit here and uh, talk all we want about the way things have been. They ain't staying that way. They're changing. And so the there, there's the monoliths are going to get left behind. This is why uh, forward, like a company like Disney is like, well, wait, ever all these kids that we don't know how to reach anymore are talking about Netflix? All right, let's start our own Netflix. You can go back seven or eight years. And you can find Internet stories of Cubans saying Netflix is going to fail. Why? Because at the time, Netflix was trying to be Showtime or HBO or something. And they were having a tough time getting rights. So what did Netflix do? They created their own content. Mm. And now all these people have Netflix subscriptions because they want that content. It's a generic thing that you hear advertising people say all the time, but it's the truth. Content is king. And so these entities that were worried wait how are we going to make this work they just started creating their own content and the people came to them and paid them money for it
1: and i saw this recently uh, i i don't have it in front of me i apologize but i saw this on twitter as a tweet showing the most profitable companies in america or something or the, the biggest revenue generators and it was how much they make per hour per day or whatever and, and, you know, Amazon was number one. they right. kill it, obviously. Right. But uh, Netflix was one of them. Yes. And,
2: and seven or eight years ago, they were dead. They were dying. They were hemorrhaging money. So they created content. And let me just give you guys a little bit more. I've never really talked about this on the air, but KT and Ben know this. I have a nephew that's making a movie right now, like a, a normal traditional movie mm-hmm. that would be shown in the theater. And one of the first things they're talking about with distribution As they deal with budgets and these things, they're talking about whether or not Apple or Netflix or Amazon is going to buy it. So if you go back five years, studios are talking about the studio system and making a movie, and it's going to be in the theaters. Now people are looking at it like, all right, who are the richest entities? It's Apple. It's Amazon. Will they buy it and put it on their platforms? So Disney is over here going, well, wait a minute. We're Disney. Oh, yeah, we need a platform. We own ESPN. Hell, we'll buy Fox. I mean, that's that's where we're going with all this. These traditional models are dead. And so while everyone's sitting there trying to, you know, resuscitate the dead models, the people that are going, well, let's just create our own content platforms and
1: charge subscriptions. And you That's know, where this thing is going. Right. And who are the companies you mentioned there? Amazon and Apple. Okay, so to me, yeah, Amazon is is the most intriguing because Amazon is so big. They were like, oh, Walmart's dominating. Let's go toe to toe with Walmart, right? And then they started crushing it, right? And you do wonder how other other smaller companies can survive. Like, like if they're putting, if they're doing damage to Walmart, how is anybody supposed to do business of any kind? If Amazon is is just crushing everything, and then on top of that, if they're like, "Oh yeah, uh, we're just going to provide our own entertainment," and now we'll just run Amazon ads during all of our own entertainment, it's like. Man, it's you're just it, it, reinforcing the beast
2: of people wanting to go subscribe to what it is that you're creating. If like to your point, I, I don't watch Yellowstone. I don't know about Paramount, but if Paramount is sitting here going, the best thing we can do if we're going to start a platform is when who knows, you may be watching Yellowstone on direct uh, on demand or at a friend's house. We just keep going, oh, my God, you need to see the hills and you need to see this. Because eventually, we're just going to have our own platforms, and it's going to be a la carte subscription services. Right. When I turn on my Apple TV, I go, do I need Hulu? I don't know. My son needs Hulu? Okay, Hulu. You know, people are going to have a, a, a menu, and they're going to pick the five or six things that they want their subscription services to go to. And the to. money,
3: honestly, kind of gets close to being the same as it always was if you had traditional Dish or direct T V. It gets pretty Dude. close to being about the same. Cutting the cord, I think you save a little bit, but... Yeah. It's it gets it ends up
1: being pretty close. I can't believe watching my, my kids, I can't believe the way they consume media. It's so different than anything I would have ever anticipated. Right. They don't need television. They, I mean, they don't need direct TV. They don't need cable. They don't need anything like that. My son, he you know, my thirteen year old gets updates sent to his phone on every single thing that happens in sports that he needs to know about. And he'll tell me. Right. He's telling me stuff constantly. He'll tell me, hey, I saw that uh, Hey, uh, Jerry said something on Sean and RJ. It popped up on my phone at school. I'm like, oh, my God. You at know? school, and too. And it's like my daughter, you know, she watches more YouTube than anything else. If you said, hey, we're getting rid of Netflix, we're getting rid of cartoons, we're getting this, 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 as long as she had YouTube, she'd be like, I'm straight.
3: You think that's wild, though, trying to be in a guy like me. Who owned his own adult video store on the way to WinStar? I used oh, to stop yeah. there it, all the time. I mean, cell phone yeah. content just really put it into that. Yeah, you I mean, real had quickly to, had did, to change mops did, all the time. Did,
2: did you guys <laughs> happen to see the 170 million dollar lawsuit that Google is paying YouTube? Oh,
1: I saw that. Yes.
2: Okay. So this, what is, this that? is exactly what we're talking about? So Google will pay 170 million dollars to YouTube because Google used. Uh, illegally collected information from YouTube subscribers so they could target advertising to children. All right? (laughs) So Ben just mentioned his kids watch everything on YouTube. It's what we always talk about. You know, where I'm like, the other day, uh, you know, I have Instagram, right? So the other day I mentioned to my wife I really like those Link Soul pants. First time ever, five seconds later, a Link Soul ad showed up on my phone. So what they did was there's a Child's Online Privacy Protection Act that Google just straight violated, and now they're paying a $170 million fine, and you know what? It doesn't stop them one effing bit. It doesn't. There there was so much other good Jerry stuff to get to, but it's a provocative conversation, and I liked it nonetheless. We'll get back into some of this Jerry audio later, but coming up next, we'll hear, uh, hear from Jason Garrett. We'll have the Jason Garrett presser right here on 105.
0: Okay, picture this.